Welcome to In the Word with Darren Dusso, a show that is dedicated to bringing you sound biblical teaching from the Word of God to both educate and inspire you. Here is your host, Darren Dusso. Welcome to another episode of In the Word. I'm your host, Darren Dusso, and hey, I'm real excited that you joined us again this week. I hope, hopefully, you've been um, listening to the uh, previous week. Uh, this week, uh, we're going to continue on evangelism, and we need to get started right away because we got a lot to get to. So let's pray. Heavenly Father, we just thank you for this opportunity to just spend time in your word, to learn uh, from from you, our, our greatest teacher, and from your word. And thank you for writing it down so that we have it and we can just uh, review it numerous times and just write it in on our hearts. And we just thank you for this opportunity. We invite the Holy Spirit right now, Heavenly Father, just to come upon uh, this episode and, and on all the listeners, open our hearts, open our minds to what you have to say. And we thank you, we praise you, we love you, and in Jesus' name, amen. This week, we're going to uh, continue on uh, evangelism, and we're going to do a small recap of last week, just to make sure everybody's uh, up to date here. So last week, we looked at the word evangelism uh, and said that it is the spreading of the Christian gospel by public preaching or personal witness. And we looked at the Greek meaning of of the word and uh, that means uh, the bringer of good tidings or preacher of the gospel. Then we went over what was the gospel, what's the word mean and what it is. And we know that it means the good news. We read... Uh, Romans 3.23 and 6.32. We also read the Great Commission, uh, Mark 16, and we learned what to do. Now we're looking at how to do that. How do we do that? And before I get started in how we do that, I want to read this quote. Um, this quote that I'm going to read is from from John Wesley. He, he was an English uh, theologian and a great evangelist. So he says this, he says, before I can preach love, mercy, and grace, I must preach sin, law, and judgment. Now, he was a great man and uh, a great evangelist, but let's look at our master, our Lord Jesus, and what he did. And as we do that, we're going to notice the similarities in that statement. All right, let's turn in our Bibles to John chapter 4. We're going to read a little bit here and uh, getting into his word. We're going to read from verse 7 to 26. And if you're familiar with this passage, it's the Samaritan woman meets her Messiah. And uh, we're going to see what Jesus did here. So we're going to start out verse 7. It says, a woman of Samaria came to draw water. And Jesus said to her, Give me a drink, for his disciples had gone away into the city to buy food. Then the woman of the Samaria said to him, How is it that you, being a Jew, asked a drink from me, a Samaritan woman? For Jews have no dealings with Samaritans. Jesus answered and said to her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is who says to you, Give me a drink, you would have asked him, 
and he would have given you living water. Then the woman said to him, Sir, you have nothing to draw with, and the well is deep. Where then do you get that living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob, who gave us this, the, the well, and drank from it himself as, as well as his sons and his livestock? Jesus answered and said to her, Whoever drinks of this water will thirst again, but whoever drinks of the water that I shall give him will never thirst. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water, springing up into everlasting life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water, that I may not thirst, nor come here to draw. Jesus said to her, Go call your husband and come here. The woman answered and said, I have no husband. Jesus said, You have well said, I have no husband. For you have had five husbands, and the one that whom you now have is not your husband, in that you spoke truly. The woman said to him, Sir, I perceive that you are a prophet. Our fathers worshipped on this mountain, and Jews say that in Jerusalem is a place one ought to worship. Jesus said to her, Woman, believe me, the hour is coming when you will neither on this mountain nor in Jerusalem worship the Father. You will worship you worship what you do not know. We know what we worship for salvation of the is of the Jews. But the hour is coming and now is when the true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and truth. For the Father is seeking such to worship him. God is spirit and those who worship him must worship in spirit and in truth. The woman said to him, I know the Messiah is coming, who is called Christ. When he comes, he will tell us all things. Jesus said to her, I who speak to you am he. Now that's a, a beautiful uh, verse, a scripture passage that we really need to dive into and 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 learn from. So we're going to look at that and we'll see how this how how this uh, evangelism works and 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 what display that Jesus gave us. Now the first thing that we see is that Jesus he's asking for a drink of water. Jesus and the woman are alone. So the first thing I wanted to point out is sometimes it's easier to talk to someone when they're alone and there's no other distractions or no other inputs and you can talk and receive uh, the personal relationship that you're that you're now starting with someone that you just met. And that's what Jesus does, does here. Um, just to point that out. Um, but that's kind of number two. Jesus, in number one, I would say he's relating to the natural realm by asking for water. He's at a well, and she's come to do the same. So it could be the same thing. If you're in a grocery store buying groceries and there's other people in a store buying groceries, you guys are doing the same thing. So it, it gives you a, 
a way to communicate. And this is what Jesus is doing. He's relating in the natural realm um, uh, of something that both need. So that's uh, that's number two. This is our, our um, so our first thing is that we can uh, ask questions and say something that we can relate to. And that's that's where we start. That starts with the this is starting of the dialogue, I, I should say. So the dialogue started with the things that we are related to. And there are many things to talk about. As we read, we notice how the woman responds. A Jew that is speaking to a Samaritan. She was confused. Notice how Jesus responds to her. And we go from the natural realm to the spiritual realm, or, or if you want to say the heavenly realm. Her reply is still in the natural realm. Sir, you have nothing to draw with. This is a, if you're looking at your Bible, it's verse 11. He says, there's nothing to draw with. Um, and the well is deep. Where then do you get this living water? This living water, uh, I want to pause here and, and just talk about the living water. And as we as we look at this, this word, living water, it's found 18 times in the New King James Version of the Bible. But what I want to do is I want, to, I want you to hold your page in, in John and turn back to Jeremiah uh, in the Old Testament. Uh, Jeremiah 2, verse 13. And it says this, For my people have committed two evils. They have forsaken me, the fountain of living waters, and hewn themselves cisterns, broken cisterns that can hold no water. <coughs> Jesus is that living water. And I, I just find it ironic that he's sitting by a well, speaking of water, as a woman is drawing water that she knows that she needs to live on. And Jesus is sitting right there. And Jesus knows that in order for her to live, he or she needs him. And so what a contrast when you look at it that way. But um, I just wanted to point that out, that the living water is, is Jesus. And that's, that's the... That's the only living water that we'll ever need. And if we have him, he says we'll never thirst. So this brings us to our next uh, number three. Jesus brings uh, conviction to her by showing her that she broke the seventh commandment. Uh, he used the law of knowledge of sin. The knowledge of sin is found in Romans 3, 19 and 20. And... Um, that Jesus reveals himself to her. Uh, that's that, that's like the last thing. So after after you have the conviction, uh, you brought the conviction, you bring the good news, you bring the good tidings. So you bring the bad news, then you bring the good news. Okay. Now, Jesus comes and sits, and he seizes this opportunity to witness the truth to a woman that strikes up a conversation um, that she can relate to. 
Then Jesus brings the law in, or the bad news, and the law and her conscience uh, convicts her. Then Jesus brings the good news, the gospel, and notice what she then does. If you if you if you continue reading verses twenty seven and twenty eight, you know she goes uh, and tells someone else. She's giving her testimony. She brought good tidings to others that came to Jesus, and they came to Jesus also, as you notice in those verses. So we have the whole gospel and the whole evangelism right here uh, with the Samaritan woman sitting at the well. And I find that really beautiful because she goes and gets more people and brings them to Jesus also. And uh, that's that's really the bottom line is, you know, as we started out um, with the, the story of Andrew running and getting his, his brother Peter saying, hey, we found the Messiah. This is, it's a common theme throughout the scripture. You know, we're supposed to. That's why we read Mark 16, the Great Commission. So there you have a, a model to use and and it's shown to us by Jesus himself. How beautiful is that? I mean, a few more comments on that. Jesus did a lot of asking of questions. And that's one of the things that we we need to do is ask questions. We need to be able to relate and ask questions. But he also brought the law and he brought the good news. You got to bring the bad news in order to in order for people to receive the good news. Good news is just ordinary news if if you don't have any bad news. So that's uh that's pretty much sums sums uh that that up and it's that easy. We try to make things too complicated and we we overthink things. Uh it's pretty simplistic. The joy that is in us, it should be so full that that joy we want to share with someone else. In today's world, people are hurting. Um, they're searching for hope. And we have that hope living inside of us. And that's why we need to just share that hope. Uh, and this is just a, a way for us to share it. Uh, some people don't know how to share the gospel. But that's that's as, as simplistic as as anything is just striking up a conversation and asking a few questions. Now, we're going to spend a little more time on this next week, um, but that's all for this week. And, uh, you know, I just want to thank you for, for listening. Um, please share this podcast and, and to all your friends and and rate it. If, if, if you have that opportunity to rate the program, rate it. It just really helps us out here and uh, if you have any questions or comments, send them to my email at darrenduso at yahoo.com. You know, I just I just want to say that I'm just really grateful that you're taking these journeys with, with me through the scriptures. And uh, I hope this is encouraging to you. Uh, I just want to thank you again for listening. For more episodes, go to intheword.captivate.fm. In the Word was produced and edited by the Burns Media Group, LLC. 
For more info, go to the bmgnetwork.com. Thank you all for listening. We'll see you next week. God bless you. Love you all. Good night. Thank you for listening to In the Word with Darren Dusso. Be sure to tune in each week for another inspiring and informative episode. In the Word was produced and edited in the BMG studio. For more info, go to the bmgnetwork.com.